Good to have you with us. I want to encourage you, specifically in this season, to press on in to God and his presence. To join a family, a church family. We need it now more than ever. We need the gospel message of Christ indwelt in us. You know the story. You know what happened on this day. You know that Jesus overcame sin and death and he rose again on the third day. That he lives now and he sits at the right hand of the Father. We know that he died for the forgiveness of our sins and he came so that we may live life and live it to the fullest. We know the story. I want to encourage you to never let the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, never let that become dull to you. Never get tired of hearing this story of redemption. Never get tired of, of the gospel. This is from Titus Chapter 2, verse 11. Listen. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people to his own possession who are zealous for good works. Oh, my friends. Of course, I want you to I want you to be saved. Of course, I want you to come to the the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and 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 it's a free gift. You don't have to do anything to earn that salvation besides make that choice. That's all you got to do. But did you know that there's a little bit more to life than just salvation? He is calling us. He's got a plan for you. He's got a destiny, a job to live zealously and to do good works. Amen? Look, I'm going to tell you, I love working for the Lord. It's great. I've had several different jobs. This is the best job I've ever had. I love it. But I cannot work hard enough, even as a pastor, to get God to love me any more than he already does. He loves me unconditionally. And his love and his salvation is a free gift. All right, who wants a free gift today? Look under your seats. No, I'm just kidding. There's a, 
But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give some people some free gifts right now. Who wants a free gift? Raise your hand. Okay, we've got. Oh, we got a free gift for you. Oh, we got a free gift for you. Who else wants a free gift? <gasps> one for you and one for you. I have more. Who wants another free gift? Now, I know that these look like ordinary flowers. Daryl wants one? All right, hang on, Daryl. Daryl, where's Daryl? Raise your hand. Yeah. I'm not going to give another man flowers. You get seeds. All right. Here you get some seeds. All right, where's another guy that wants some seeds? I've never given a man a flower, and I never will. All right, seeds. There we go. One more. Oh, there we go. Oh, I'll give her a flower. Now. These are, these are special flowers. The, the orange ones are called Charisma Amaryllis. And the pink ones are called Caras Crimson. And the yellow one is called Gladys Crimson. I'm just kidding. They don't, they don't have those fancy names. I got, I, I got them at Trader Joe's. But I want you to know, when I should have been deep in prayer for this Easter Sunday message, when I should have been delving into the Word of God, do you want to know what Pastor Josh was doing all day? I was driving around, in the presence of the Lord, of course. I was driving around to nurseries all over this area looking for flowers named Charisma or Charis. I was even looking for flowers called Grace. I wasted a lot of time looking for flowers yesterday. <laughs> I even went. Okay, so the golden egg or the golden flower, the one that I really wanted to find, the most elusive flower out there, was a, a Charis lotus. It actually, when I saw that flower uh, about a, two months ago, it was the whole center of this message. That's why we got flowers all over the place. Originally, I wanted water lilies or lotuses all over the place, but we couldn't find ones that looked good, so we went with this instead. So I went to this really high-end, fancy water garden. I got there just in time because I've been driving around all over the place and they were about to close. Actually, they were closed, but I got my foot in the door. And I said, dude, I said, just give me a few minutes. I said, do you have the Karis Lotus? Do you have that water lily? Do you have that, do you have that flower? And he's like, yeah, man, I know what you're talking about. He says, but we don't have it anymore. Every, um, every nursery that I went to says, yeah, we don't, we don't have those Charis Charisma flowers anymore. We don't carry them anymore. 
So when I'm talking to the water lily guy, he's like, yeah, we don't, we don't carry that anymore. We used to, a long time ago. We used to have this Karis lotus. And he says, and, um, and we bred the Karis right out of it. They don't exist anymore. They literally don't exist anymore. We literally bred that quality, that Karis, that charisma. We bred it out. I was really bummed yesterday. I wanted to find one charisma flower. And there was not a single one to be found in the land. If you find one, let me know. He says, yeah, they, they literally bred it out. No charisma to be found in the land. Do you know what charis, where we get the word charisma, do you know know where that comes from? It's Greek. It's a fancy Greek word for grace. Charis, charisma. We're a, uh, we'll go ahead and tell you what kind of church we are. We're a charismatic church, meaning that we believe that all the graces are for today. All these incredible gifts, not just a salvation gift, but a supernatural gift. They're, they're, they all are, are for today, and they, they all apply to your everyday life. You want to know one reason why I know that Jesus is still alive? Because I see him act and respond in my everyday personal life. Jesus is alive, and I know he's alive because I see his grace manifest in my life. And I see his grace manifest in your lives. It's the power of God to change the world. We have access to it. So I was, uh, again, I was a little disappointed yesterday. I was like, man, God, I, I, I thought I was going to find a grace flower. And it's as if God talked to me. Should we just say that God talked to me? He said, there is little grace to be found in these lands in these days. It took me driving around all over the place to hear God's voice tell me that. There is little grace to be found. We are not a gracious people anymore. If you think about it, Just think about how mean and nasty we are to each other online and how mean and nasty churches can be towards each other. How little grace that you can show for those that you love. There's little grace to be found. But did you know that it's a gift and you can receive that grace again? You can become a gracious person. I actually think Granite Creek's pretty awesome, by the way. But we can even become a more graceful church, a more grace-filled church. Grace, after all, is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. The definition of gospel is the good news. The good news that Jesus died on the cross and resurrected on the third day, overcame sin and death so that we could live a life free from that, free from sin, as Titus said. 
Grace is unmerited favor. Chances are, most of you have accepted the salvation grace of Jesus Christ. Should I let him go over? Most of you accepted the salvation gift. And if you hadn't, I want you to begin to start praying about that right now because I'll, I'll lead you in a little prayer at the end. But most of us have. But Jesus rose again, so there is more. You can receive a little bit of charisma, charismatic gift, if you will. Corinthians, there's nine spiritual gifts, and I'm not going to get into what all of those nine spiritual gifts are, but they're called gracelets. So just think about flowers all weaved together, and you just put them on your head. If you're a gal, if you're a guy, you get another packet of seeds. <laughs> but these gifts that God gives us, like they come, they can come fully bloomed like absolutely gorgeous. They can, they can decorate your house and, and bring a nice aroma. You can get that, that breath from God immediately. You receive that flower. But then again, you might receive a packet of seed. You might receive a packet of seed, guys. Be a man. Plant those seeds. Get some dirt under your nails. Kill some gophers. Water that thing. Tend to it. Make sure it grows. Protect it. So what kind of grace is God offering you right now? If it's not the salvation grace. What kind of grace is he giving you? What kind of lifestyle of grace does he want you to communicate to those around? Grace is communicated not only by how we speak, but how we treat each other and, and how we act. Even how you walk, even how you carry yourself will determine whether or not you are a grace-filled, graceful person. Graceful people, empowered by the power of God, they know how to build people up by their words. Graceful people, empowered by the power of God, they know how to see what God's hand is doing in the future. Graceful people are the most disciplined people on the planet. And yet they don't have to work that hard for God to do a miracle in their lives. Sometimes we just work way too hard to get God's blessings when he just wants to show us his loving grace. Romans 1.16 says it, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, this good news, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, then also to the Greek. John 1.16 
For from his fullness we have received grace. All right? So the fullness of Christ is death, his resurrection, his imminent return. He is returning someday in his fullness. Like, that's a powerful grace. But then John goes on to say, we have all received this grace. And then there is grace upon grace. Grace upon grace, meaning that there is more. To, there's more to my spiritual life. I haven't leveled off. I've got some more grace to mine. You guys sweating? That's not, probably not because of my message, right? <laughs> Ephesians 2, chapter 8. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. You ever wonder how you get saved? That's right here. It is by grace that we have been saved through faith. Let me ask you another little question. How is your faith level? How are you doing? How is your faith in the Lord? Your faith in your situations and your circumstances? Have you lost a little faith lately? It's easy to do. Have you lost faith in others? Oh, have you lost faith in the government? <laughs> have you lost faith in corporations? Have you lost faith in church? You mean... I, we can go on all day long. We were losing faith in things. You have to have faith in order to receive the salvation grace of God. We're saved by grace through faith. So you've got to have at least a little bit of faith. You also have to have faith to increase the grace that is taking place inside of your heart. Pastor Josh, I don't know if I have enough faith to level up. You might not. But did you know that faith is also one of these flowers? You can receive a gift of faith, and maybe that should be your prayer right now. If you're losing faith in, in this world... Just say, God, I don't, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like what the believer said. God, uh, uh, I believe, help my unbelief. God, I have faith, help my lack of faith, right? Just pray that prayer. Say, God, give me some more faith. I need to have some more faith in this world. I need to have some more faith in you. I need to believe in the deepness of my core that God turns all things, all things to the good for those that love him. So love him and pray for more faith and just see what God can do. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. I hate that part because I thought this was all about me and what I could pull off. It's not, it's, not all, it's not what you can do. It's not how hard you study. It's not how, memory, how much you know, memory verses you've learned. You know what's really annoying? It's not even based on your morality. 
God gives gifts to whoever he wants. If I was in charge, I would be only giving gifts to good people. <laughs> Ones that I liked. God loves you so much, despite your situation and your circumstances. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be ruled by the law. You have to be ruled by the law of, of grace. When you allow that to come deep down inside of you, there's so much freedom there. There's so much power. There's so much grace. This is, this is totally cheeky and cliche. There's so much freedom when you let go and let God. Any control freaks in the house? Let go and let God. I promise I won't sing the Frozen theme song today. Let's make those. It is the gift of God and not the results of works so that no one can boast. No one earned those flowers that I gave out today. It was completely random. Frank's the only one that I really wanted to give anything to. Oh. <laughs> so, like, some of you had faith to raise your hand. Some of us is completely random. But that's how God works. Is it fair? No, it's grace. It's not fair, it's grace. But God, I've been such a good boy. I earned it. You didn't. No one's earned it. We can't, we don't, we're not allowed to boast about this kind of stuff. This is so good. It is so God. And great again, grace is the hardest thing that you'll ever do. Learning how to receive grace, learning how to be graceful. It's going to be the hardest thing you'll ever do. But you just don't have to work hard at it. <laughs> it just comes easy when you allow God to grace you. You will see, if you get this, you will see doors begin to open up for you that, that were previously closed. When you live inside of God's grace, you're going to see relationships restored. If you're freaking out about the economy, if you decide to live inside of God's grace, uh, you'll be surprised about what happens. If you're hurting physically, definitely pray that prayer of faith. God, I don't have enough faith to pray for myself. He'll give you some more faith. Faith and grace, that is what we need. If I could get the band to come up to the front, and I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Because, yeah, I was disappointed that I couldn't find my fancy flowers yesterday for my sermon illustration. But I think I was even more disappointed or concerned or convicted when the Lord said, there is very little grace to be found in the land. Did you know that we can change that? We are a graceful church. We're a very giving church. We're a very loving church. 
If you're uh, looking for a church home, come on in. We are going to practice being graceful to each other. But would you pray with me right now? There's rumors that God is on the move. There's rumblings of revivals and outpourings and renewals. We see it bubbling up here and there. Different parts of the nation. had a pastor friend of mine call me yesterday and he's like, Pastor Josh, and this is a Claremont pastor, Pastor Josh, I had a dream. I don't usually have these types of charismatic dreams that you have. He said, but I had this dream that there was a revival in our city. You want to know what my response was? Uh, That's great, Kurt. Whatever. Oh, help us with our unbelief. Help us with our doubts and our lack of faith. Why can't we have faith for our cities? Why can't we have faith that they will turn from their wicked ways and turn to the Lord? Why can't we believe that? Why can't we show them the grace of God that leads to salvation? You and I can do that. We can show a little extra grace to those around us that we know they're not doing good. And wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be an absolute miracle by the grace of God? You led someone to know Jesus personally. So let's pray for our cities. Heavenly Father, we believe, but help our unbelief. Jesus, we know that you died and that you rose again on the third day and the tomb is empty and that means that we have resurrection power flowing through us. We believe that the grace of God can rest on us right now and empower us to do incredible things to advance the church. Give us the faith for the lost, Lord. The lost in our cities, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. We pray that there would be an outpouring of your spirit on us right now and in our communities. We pray for the charisma, those grace gifts to be activated inside of us. We ask for divine appointments and breakthroughs and healings, words of knowledge and prophecies, all the fun stuff that we've been promised. But most importantly, Lord Jesus, we pray that you will lead those that we love to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and a personal relationship with our Savior. Pour out your Spirit upon us now, Lord Jesus. In our church lately, we have been receiving communion 
almost every Sunday. I think we've done it every Sunday since COVID. It is important for our church because in the very term, communion means community. We need to commune with the Lord, our Christ, the anointed one. We need to receive his sustenance in our bodies or else we'll grow weary and our faith will wane and we won't be gracious to one another. We'll lose that strength. I think one of the reasons why Granite Creek has been so amazing during this season is that we have stayed in community the best we possibly could, showing grace and love and caring for one another. I want to encourage you as you receive the body of Christ, not only to receive it as your provision, receive it as a symbol that you are connected to the church body. There is power, real power in this bread, this bread from heaven. Receive the bread from heaven. for this new drink, this new covenant. It is a grace-filled cup. Um, we didn't purchase this. It was given to us freely. We did not purchase our salvation. We did not purchase this blood. But Jesus, Jesus loved you, loves you so much that he purchased you. You were bought with the price. You are the most valuable object in the universe to him. He loves you so much that he poured out his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. We don't have to live under the condemnation of sin anymore. We can be free. We can be new. We can be a new creation. And it is in this cup. Receive the cup of the new covenant for the forgiveness of your sins.
we send you off with a very special Easter blessing. Just uh, put yourself in a receiving posture. So now may the God of peace, God himself, sanctify you through and through. May your whole body, your soul, your mind, and your spirit, may they be sanctified, getting better, until the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died. He rose again on the third day. And my friends, he is coming back. We will see him soon. Don't you forget it. Go with that blessing in the name of Jesus. Pastor Janie is now going to give you instructions on what's next. If you have children, they're looking for the egg hunt, right? So parents, get your children. The little ones, six and under, will congregate right in this playground here. The rest of them will congregate right at the patio where the slider is. Sarah will hold back the hordes of children. <laughs> and up here, it's just going to be so cute. So get your kids, bring them back down. Big ones there, little ones here. And we will not start without your kids, okay? Also, we have a wonderful photo op over here. Bring your family. I know y'all dressed up. Come over to the Easter photo op. There's coffee. Enjoy. Woo!